Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. We are starting a brand new teaching series today called God Struggles because I know this, right? Whatever you struggled with before COVID-19 has probably been amplified or exposed and throw in the ambush of brand new schedules, new routines, new normals, homeschooling kids. Uh, And right now you might be struggling. And I thought it was important to help you navigate whatever you are struggling with. But what a big word struggles is. Now, I mean, when I say, what are you struggling with? On this planet, there is almost 8 billion people. And when you say, what do you struggle with? There could probably be 8 billion different struggles. It could be something physical, spiritual, psychological, emotional, relational, marital, financial. It could be a public struggle. It could be a private struggle that you have been hiding or trying to hide. Some struggles are your fault. Some struggles you didn't even ask for or plan for. But no matter who you are, what your age is, what your financial status is, here's, here's the thing. I think you could probably all pinpoint three to five things that you would say you struggle with. And, and really the heart and purpose behind this series is to help you diagnose, manage, but, and ultimately overcome whatever your struggle is. Because the bottom line is, is this, y'all. I, God, we want you to be free. Scripture tells us that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And with this series, we want to help you be free. Now, now the, the thing is this. This series is going to be a pretty lengthy series. I would probably say between five and six weeks, which is a pretty long series for our church. So, so this sermon today is, is going to be foundational in building the rest of this series on. So look. If you watch today, join in in the coming weeks uh, to, you know, to see as we hit specific topics in the coming weeks. But tonight is going to be, or excuse me, today, whenever you're watching this, is going to be foundational in, in this series. And today I've got three goals. Here they are. First off, I want to deconstruct false mindsets about struggles Secondly, I want to to give you a strategy for your struggle. And three, I want to help you reframe your struggles. Okay, first off, deconstruct some false mindsets about struggles. First, 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 first off, the importance of deconstruction, right? Here's the thing, Richard, uh, Richard Warris said this, transformation is often more about unlearning than learning. It's true that whenever you're trying to learn something brand new, many times what you learn begins with you unlearning things from the past. All right. So here's the first one. All right. The first, uh, the first false mindset that we're going to de- that we're going to deconstruct here. Ready? People who follow God have less struggles. Y'all that is that <laughs> Here's the thing. If you've been following God any amount of time, you know that that is not true. Y'all, here, here is the truth, right? The Bible is full of people 
who struggled mightily, yet God used greatly. This book is full of people who struggled mightily, yet God used greatly. Let me give you a few here, and probably you've heard of these people here. Noah struggled with drunkenness. Moses stuttered. That's why he's, he's my favorite Bible person, right? Gideon struggled with fear, right? Samson struggled with pride. Elijah struggled with suicidal thoughts. David and Solomon struggled to keep their pants on. And, and, and I'll let you figure that one out, right? Jesus struggled to face his suffering. Peter struggled to keep his, his mouth shut. Doubting Thomas struggled with, you guessed it, doubt. And Paul struggled with follow through. Paul in Romans seven, he has this, this, uh, you know, the, this portion of scripture where Paul is basically saying, look, what I want to do, I, I can't do it. Like I know what I want to do, but I, I just can't get my body to do it. And what was he saying? He's saying, y'all, I'm struggling. But here's the thing. I think it's important for you to know that this book is full of people who struggle, yet God used greatly. Why? Because here's the thing. The Bible, what I love about the Bible is it doesn't try to hide its hero's failures. It, it lets you in, in the behind the scenes. And here's the thing. It shows you these are people that struggled mightily, yet God used greatly. And I think it's important for us to know that. Why? So we're not filled with guilt and shame and condemnation. Because honestly, it's important for you to know that the Bible is full of people who struggled greatly, yet God used greatly. Here's the, here's the second false mindset that we need to deconstruct here. Secondly, you're struggling because of something you did. Here's, here's the thing. Some of you right now are struggling because because yes, you did something dumb and you are reaping the fruit of your choices, right? If you went out and you spent money on credit cards and you're in big financial debt right now and you can barely pay your bills, it could be because of your bad financial choices. And right now you are just reaping the fruit of those choices. But let's be honest, sometimes what we struggle with isn't because of something we did. Some of us are struggling when we didn't even ask for it. That's one thing that honestly, I had beef with God for so long. I'm like, God, why'd you choose me to stutter? Like out of all these people in the whole world, why, 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 like what did I do to deserve this? Like what, you know, I mean, it's just it's, it's like, why, right? But the truth is this, we live in a broken world, a fallen, a fallen broken world that, that theologians call a Genesis 3 world that is not perfect. And because it's not perfect, there will be struggling, right? Even in Genesis 3, in verse number 17, we actually see that one of the, the consequences when, when, that whenever sin comes into the world and God is giving out the, the, the consequences to different parties, um, this is what it says in Genesis 3, 7, 7, 17. And this is uh, said to Adam, it says, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Here's the thing. Some struggling is just a byproduct of the broken, fallen, and sinful world we find ourselves in. And here's the thing, right? Here's the thing, right? I know me personally, I would have a really hard time sometimes seeing people that don't follow God, 
struggle less than people who do follow God. Have you ever seen that? Where I know me, you know, there'll be times, especially in my mid-20s, where I'd be like, God, I'm like, I've given my life to be a youth pastor. Like, I'm doing, like, God, I gave my life to you and I could barely pay my bills and you've got someone that doesn't give a rip about you. They're all buying houses and doing all these things and, and buying cars. And I'm like, God, like, why, why are you blessing them? Like, what's, what's going on here? And I, would, and I would struggle with that. But, you know, but thankfully, I'm not the only one in scripture that struggled with that. In Psalm chapter, seven, in Psalm chapter 73, we, we actually see there was a worship leader in Psalms. His name was Asaph. And, and let me share with you what he said concerning something that he experienced and saw. This is what he, he said here. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. <laughs> Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. And then we go, um, go down there in, into verse number 13. He continues on. He says, he says this here. He says, surely in vain, I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in Innocence. You can see him here wrestling with the fact of seeing godless people thrive. And he feels like, look, I have, I have followed God in vain. Like, why am I even doing this? He was struggling with the fact of what he saw and what he ex experienced and what he thought that God said, right? But then you see this moment in verse number 16 and 17 and check it out. He says, when I tried to understand all this, and in other words, when he tried to get a perspective on this, he said this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. He got into God's presence. And then he said this here, then I understood their final destiny. See the thing, it was the presence of God that brought him back and gave him perspective and reminded him, a person reaps what they sow and reminded him that God's word will never fail. Here's, here's the thing, right? If you take the blame for all of your struggles, you'll be tempted to take all the credit when you start to walk in blessing. That's why you've got to understand that honestly, there are just some things that happen in life that are just a byproduct of a broken world. And sometimes it will seem like those that aren't following God are being blessed. And you might feel, look, I'm following God and I've got more struggles than them. Look, we live in a fallen, broken world, but struggles are not a sign that God is not there. Struggles are just a fact of life. Here's the thing. Lastly, right, the, the last thing here, deconstructing false mindsets. Here's, here's the final one. There's a difference between a struggle and a stronghold. And that's what I think we, we, we've got to really dive, dive into here, right? Here, here's the thing, right? A struggle, it, sim it simply means you're fighting and that you've got some wins and some losses going on. A stronghold means you've stopped fighting and given in completely and now are owned by someone or, spy or something other than Jesus and his Holy Spirit. Because what I've experienced, okay, I've been in full-time ministry now for about 13 years. I have seen where Christians struggle with something for a long time and they get to the point where they're tired of struggling, especially with sinful behaviors, actions, and lifestyles. And they give up struggling and they start to say things like, this is who I am. 
It's how it, it's how it is. I was born this way. And, and here's the thing, I think it's a huge danger with that. Why? Because now you are defining yourself from the inside out instead of from the outside in, meaning this, instead of saying, well, what do I feel and what do I think? And that's what I am. A believer, a Christ follower says this, God, who am I? And help me to live up to who you say I am. Here's the thing. If you have a stronghold today, my concern isn't for, you know, it's not to get you through your struggles. My concern for you is that you would start to serve a new God. The, instead of serving the God of yourself and, and your feelings and what your inside voices say, you would submit to, the, to, to God and instead say, God, who am I? Listen, secondly, though, you don't, we, or today, we're not just going to deconstruct the false mindsets about struggles. I believe if you're going to ultimately overcome your struggle, you need a strategy for your struggle, right? With any war, you need strategy. And I firmly believe that your struggle needs a strategy. Because I think if we're completely honest, many of us have no real clue where our struggle came from, why we struggle, or what the real struggle really is, or how to ultimately overcome it. We just keep going and going and going. But one of the benefits, here's the thing, of, of this break here, where, you know, where we've got a tad bit more free time, is it could be your moment and your time to create a strategy for your, for your struggle. And the thing about a strategy for your struggle is this here. It is both spiritual and practical. Let me say that one more time. Your strategy for struggle is spiritual and practical, not spiritual or practical. Because honestly, right, you've heard people say you're struggling with something. They'll say, just pray and read your Bible, bro. Just pray harder. Just pray more. Just pray and have faith. And you're like, okay, that's, that's good. Like, okay, I can... I can definitely do that. But then you've got people, they're, they're like, they're super practical. So they're like, just think better thoughts, go to more groups, eat the right food, take the right medicines, read the right books. And I believe that's what will help you with your struggle. And it's almost like you've got two camps, the super spiritual camp or the super practical camp. And I don't think it's gotta be either or. I think it's gotta be both and. It's gotta be spiritual and it's got to be Practical. I believe the key thing here, whenever you're dealing with your struggle in a spiritual way, is you've got to find the lie you are believing that is behind your struggle and replace it with God's word and God's truth. You've got to find the lie you are believing and that the Satan or yourself is telling, is telling you that is producing the thought the action that is keeping you in this struggle, right? Here's the thing, right? You see Jesus, Jesus was tempted, right? In, in Luke 4 and Matthew 4, there is an account of Jesus being tempted. And the devil, whenever he's tempting Jesus, he starts to say things like, hey, if you are the son of God, turn this, this stone into bread. And Jesus's response to that wasn't, oh, okay, I'm, I'm gonna just go get some water and I'm gonna go read some more books and go to, to some more groups. No, what he said, he's, he, his response to, to, to that temptation and to that struggle, he said, it is written. He used God's truth to replace the lie that Satan was trying to tell him. 
right? There was, there was a spiritual battle and really it was about replacing the lie with truth. You can also see Jesus set the example for, for winning the spiritual battle by replacing the lie with truth. Here's the thing, right? Even Satan, when tempting Jesus, used scripture. Like this boggles my mind, like literally does. He said, hey, Jesus, throw yourself off of, of this cliff. And then he quoted Psalm 91. He said, hey, the angels will come down and, and get you. He took God's word and he, dis, and he took it out of context and distorted it and tried to actually use it to tempt Jesus. But Jesus said, it is written. He took the devil's lie and replaced it with God's truth. I think if you're going to win the war against your your struggle. It begins with saying, what lie are you believing and living from that now needs to be replaced with God's truth? Ephesians 6, 12 says this here. It says, for our struggle, everyone say struggle at your home or place, wherever you're, you're watching from. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What, what is this saying? You're your struggle is more than just a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. And that's why you've got to find the lie and replace it continually and continually with God's truth. Do you know there is a fuel to your struggles? That practically, right, it's got to be spiritual and practical. I believe the spiritual side is, is God's work and God's doing, but honestly, the practical side in in many ways is, is how we part, participate in seeing change happen and seeing our struggle re, relieved. Let me tell you three practical ways you put fuel on the fire of your struggle. Ready? The, the first one's this, isolation. Secondly, hypocrisy. And the third one, pride. Here's a... Here's the thing, right? Take whatever struggle you've got, in, insert blank. And if, if you combine that with these three things, isolation, hypocrisy, and pride. And here's the thing, right? Isolation is you trying to fight by yourself. Uh, faking like everything is fine is hypocrisy. Uh, and having an I've got this attitude is pride. Those three things will always be fuel on the fire of your struggle. That is why practically speaking, a strategy to help relieve your struggle is this. You, you need three things to fight these, these, these three fuels to your struggle. First off, accountability. You need people around you. Secondly, vulnerability. You've got to get honest. And thirdly, te teachability. You've got to know you don't know it so here's the thing, right? Spirit, spiritually, you've got to unveil the lie that you're believing. Secondly, you've got to find what, what is fueling your struggle. Are you in isolation? Are you faking like it's all good and it's all great? And when someone asks you at church, how you doing? Oh, it's all great, brother. I'm blessed and highly favored. When honestly on the ins inside, you're broken, torn, and you know you're faking it. And thirdly, pride. You, you say, I got this. I don't, I don't. I, you know, I don't need help. You've been saying that for 15 years. It might be time for you to develop a teachable spirit, a teachable heart, and actually 
allow somebody to speak truth with love into your heart. Here's the thing. You need people around you, honesty coming from, from you, and truth mixed with love coming into you from other people. Your strategy has got to include the spiritual, unveiling the lie, and the practical, combining those things. It's a strategy for your struggle. In, insert struggle here. Lastly, though, I want to help you reframe your struggle. You know, one of the greatest struggle places in Scripture is 2 Corinthians 12. And we are going to read a part here in a second, but let me explain it. Paul says he's got this thorn in, he, he calls it a thorn in his flesh, but he, he doesn't actually say, well, what that thorn is. He doesn't come out and say, it is the thorn of, I've got this crazy person, right? He doesn't say, it's a thorn, I've got this physical, you know, ailment going on. He doesn't say, I've got this thorn. He says, I've got this thorn. And really, I think it's a beautiful thing that, that Paul doesn't describe it. Why? Because I think then it gives us the opportunity to put our struggle is as Paul's thorn, right? And what Paul says, he said, I prayed with God three times to take it away. And do you know what God told him? No. I'll just be candid with you. If I was Paul and God told me no to what I've been struggling with, I'd be throwing out everything. I'd be like, God, do you know what I've done for you? Do you know I went and planted churches in cities that wanted me killed? Do you know I've left everything? I didn't even have a wife. Like I've left all that stuff. I, you know what? I haven't taken salaries. I, I haven't taken honorariums. I haven't taken nothing to see the kingdom of God move forward. And I'm just asking you to relieve this thorn from me. And what you tell me is no. I'd be hot. But each time God says no. And here's the thing, right? What, what, how Paul actually responds to God's no is very interesting. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. It says this here. But he, and he being Jesus, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I think what Paul got at here and what he finally realized after probably wrestling with God's no for so long is that Paul actually realized that his struggle became a portal for him to know the person, power, strength, and character of, and grace of God in a whole new way. Could it be that your struggle, insert your struggle here, will be the pathway that you meet face-to-face -face with God who is ready and willing to show you more of his strength, power, grace, and character? I'll just be candid with you. I am a living testimony of this. You know, I've probably shared this multiple times, how the thorn in my life has always been stuttering. Like it, 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 especially when God called me to preach. And it has always been something for me that I've just like cried to God, can you take this away? Nope. Can you take this away? Take this away? Nope. Okay, well, it would be great. You know, it would kind of make things easier, but okay, whatever, you know. Uh, but at the same time, there is nothing that I felt like has, has been used in my life to draw me closer to God than what I feel like is my greatest weakness. Why? Because I can't do it on my own. 
Every time I get up and preach, speak, I'm on my knees saying, God, if you don't come through here, this is gonna look stupid. God has taken my greatest struggle and used it to be the place that him and I meet face to face. Maybe what you need today isn't for God to take away your struggle, but for you to, but for you to find God within your struggle. And so here's the thing, right? You need to reframe it. You need to reframe it. And here is how we're going to reframe it. Everyone here, we're gonna say this together. The words are gonna come on these screens, right? I want us to say this together because honestly, I believe that as you say this, something in your spirit is gonna click and you are going to reframe the way you see and are experiencing your, your struggle. Everybody say this after me. My struggle has the potential for me to experience the greatest level of intimacy with God than any other thing. Instead of wasting or fretting over or being mad at your struggle, what if you viewed it and believed it as the pathway that you'll see the riches and depth of God's love, providence, power, and grace? You see your struggle as the biggest hindrance in your life, but could it actually be the pathway and portal that draws you to your knees and gets you to a point where your pride is gone, your hypocrisy is gone, and you say, God, I need you. But the point is this, through your struggle, God ultimately wants to know you and have a relationship with you and listen to me closely. I believe this to be true though. You will never overcome whatever your struggle is if you believe that God's love for you is dependent on you overcoming your struggle. I wanna say that one more time. You will never overcome whatever your struggle is if you believe that God's love for you is dependent on you overcoming your struggle. The truth is this, God loves you. Yes, the struggling you. And he doesn't love you more when you overcome struggles or love you less when you keep struggling. Does he want to help you overcome your struggles? You're dang right. But his love for you is steadfast, firm, patient, kind. And the Bible says that nothing can separate you from God's love. And I believe today that before some of you deal with your struggles, you need to deal with your soul. And you need to make a decision today to make Jesus Lord of your life. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.